Here we go. Can't believe it. We are at the third shear, the third class on the Yud Gimel Ikram, the 13 principles of faith, and the basic premise of the shear, based on how the Ramam codifies it, is that these are 13 ideas which are not just fundamental or important, but the Ramam calls them Yisodas, he calls them foundations, and a foundation is what everything else rests on. So the essence of Judaism rests on these ideas, which means, in the Ramam's formulation, in practical law you have to know, that without these things a person is not Jewish. It's a shocking statement, but uh, that seems to be the Rambam's codification. So, of course, every good shear about Judaism needs to start with a little bit of Christianity. Um, so, if you look in the Sefer Yeshaya, the, the Sefer Yeshaya, the book of Yeshaya begins um, with a uh, discussion of the heavenly chariot, and afterwards, it goes through many, many, many chapters. No, that's Yechesel. Thank you, Shemin. I shouldn't have brought you. Don't stay in this chair. You get out of here. Thank you, Shemin. I, got, I, I really got confused because the Zoom just shut off. That's the honest truth. So I got a little bit con concerned about that. The Sefer Yeshaya talks about a story about an Alma, an Alma who has a child. So if you look at the Alma, Ayan Lamed Memhei. That's for King Achaz. So if you look at the Greek wow. translation, the Greek trans translation of the word Alma is the Greek word Parthenos, which, if you translate that into English, can either be translated as can either be translated as young woman or virgin. And then you're off to the races. That's how everything starts, with just that little subtlety. Again, it's, it's a mistake. It's a subtle mistake, but it is, it is indeed a mistake. So, yeah, I want to talk about um, the mistake that, is, that the that entirety of Christianity it, made. It was translating yeah, it was, Alma it was, it was, as, 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 virgin. Right, as a virgin, right. when really it was just a young right, girl, a young lady. It's not a mistake in our... No, it's their mistake, right? Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Th thank you for and the, the other clarification. Part of it is way before Yeshua Kaponor's time. This has nothing to do with him. This was in King Ahaz's time. Right. It has. It's taken out of context, and right. the story is irrelevant, and there's a, a million other problems. But the point is, subtlety very often conveys major impact. Here, the entire shear tonight. Not gonna be too long. Don't worry. But the entire shear is about one word. Not only is the shear about one word, it's about the tense of one word. If you look at the Animamen, the first Animamen talks about Hashem as being a Borei Umanhig. So, if you want to say Hashem created in the past tense, you would say Bara. If you want to say Hashem creates in the present tense, you would say Borei. So we say Hashem Borei Umanhig L'chol Hashem creates, present tense, and guides all created things. 
the way the Rambam himself says it, the Animam is not the actual text of the Rambam, but the Rambam's text in Pirish and Rishnayis, is that Hashem is the cause of the reality of everything that exists. Through Him is what enables everything to exist. Umimenu nimshach hakiyam. And from, the, from Hashem Himself, the existence of everything extends. So if we would have brought up in our minds the removal of Hashem's existence, the reality of everything that exists would instantly disappear. I.e., Hashem is the being which holds up everything, which makes everything exist, holds it all together. Ruchaim Velazhner explains in Evshachaim, talks about just contrasting that with the way a human being builds a building. A human being builds a building, you have the construction worker, takes his hammer and nails, builds the building, and he leaves. He might even die. When the construction worker dies, what happens to the building? No. Nothing. Because they're two independent entities. The builder happened to be the source of the building of that building, but he wasn't the one that maintains its existence. But Hashem, the same way when Hashem created the world, He created it yesh ayan ex nilo, something from nothing. Kain me'az kolyoim v'cholrega mamish. So too, from that point on, every single day, every single moment, kol koyach metziyusam usdaram ukiyumam, every energy of existence, and the fact that it's able to continue existence, is dependent on the fact that Hashem is constantly giving that flow of energy. Hashem is constantly giving everything its existence. And, Rukhayim Velazhner continues and says, this is actually part of our regular davening that we say every day. We say Hashem is Hashem renews in His goodness every day. Tamit. Every day, Tamid constantly within every day, Marisabrachis, the work of creation. As the Pasik says, La Oisa Ka'amr, like the Pasik says, La Oisa Ayram Gedarlam. Kili Ayram Chase, to the one who makes, not La Asa Ayram Gedarlam, but La Oisa, the one who present tense makes everything out of nothing. Okay, there you have it. And the question here is why? Putting on our thinking caps. Why is that so? Why does Hashem make the world that way? Why does, he, why does He do that? What is the meaning of that? What's the significance of Hashem creating it constantly? Constant, well, like Hashem and created, to do? You say it was created for this man, that there were other worlds previously, according to the Midrash, but uh, there were no humans in them, and Hashem didn't like those worlds. Okay, well, I'm so happy you brought that up because we're going to quote that exact matter in, in just a minute. So I'm happy that you brought that. But why does Hashem need to create the world again and again and again and again and again? That means that without us recognizing it, everything is coming into existence moment by moment, every single second, again and again and again and again and again. Hashem is creating us again and again and again. There has to be a meeting with that. This is really incredible because the matter that you quoted is the exact same next quote. So pretty amazing. First approach... Very mysterious Medrash. The Medrash says, Hashem saw everything that he made. Vihine Taiv Ma'ida was very good. Am Rabbi Avo, Rabbi Avo says, Melamed Umachrivam. Hashem created worlds and would destroy them. Ad Shabara Es Elu until created our 
universe. Omar, he said, Dane Hanyan Lee, the, that's Aramaic, for these are pleasant for me, these are good. Yashain, those, Loi Hanyan Lee, were not pleasant for me. So, obviously, Hashem doesn't make mistakes. That's what they say. The one word in a, that is not in Hashem's dictionary is oops. <laughs> right? Oops is not in, a, in Hashem's dictionary. So what does it mean? Hashem created it and destroyed it. Why would he create a world that he knew he would destruct? What do you guys think? Any thoughts there? Why would he do that? Well, some of the, since the Korean, beginning, the very beginning, actually fits physics very nicely. I'm not going to bore you with my astrophysics. But the point is that, again, the general relativity makes a cyclical universe. It comes into a black hole, and it comes back out with the Big Bang again. Okay. And so the world is cyclical, and that's the way the, the matter goes. Uh, and without Hashem, of course, there wouldn't be any matter with the right. universe. But uh, whether uh, Hashem is required to and, and repeat those principles all the time, or it just matter goes by itself, okay. is beyond my knowledge. Okay. So, that is, let's, let, let's assume that is the way Hashem made it, and you have this cycle of creating and destruction, creating and destruction again. So Hashem made it in such a way. Right. Why is that? So why would Hashem create such a world? So, people complain about the world, and they say the world is in such a bad state. It's a classic, every rabbi in the world get us by the shtender and talks about how the world is uh, corrupt and professes everything that's the opposite of our values and so on and so forth and we see with our with our eyes forget about current culture going back the history of the Jewish people is, is a lot of difficulty and really traumatic times and people can be forgiven for thinking that Hashem's should have oops in his dictionary because maybe the world and the project of this project of creation maybe is a mistake but the Madrash is telling us that Hashem has the ability and will destroy a world that he feels is not the right world he will do that he can and he did and he didn't destroy ours why Clearly, the implication is, is that our world, with all of the difficulties and the Crusades and the Holocaust and the Inquisitions and the pop culture and all of the different things going on, Hashem knows that our world is going to end up on top. We are going to succeed in the project of creation. Could one also say Hashem did not destroy this world? Okay, that's that 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 is fair. That is fair. The, the implication of the matter sounds like that it wasn't like there was an entire project of human beings that was that was destroyed. That, the, but that is fair. Isn't the world supposed to last like 6,000? In other words, the, the, re, the way I know that is because the, the context of the Medrash is not about human beings. It's about this, the planets themselves. The planets themselves were destroyed. No, not that there was an entire project of humanity that got messed up. But the, the, the question goes, yeah. Isn't the pl this planet is supposed to be destroyed after 6,000 years? Okay, so when the world, the, the Ramchal says that when the world achieves the, its mission of, of 6,000 years, all of the Nishamas are going, to, are going to be lifted up 
this physical world will be destroyed, replaced by another one, and we're going to go back. But that, that's not an indication of the failure of the project of humanity. So it was amazing in this week's parsha. I can't make it. Can't make this up. The pasuk talks about Hashem as being a kale emuna, a Hashem of faith. Now that seems to be wrong, because it's not that Hashem believes. It's not that Hashem believes. We believe in Hashem. What do you mean kale emuna, Hashem of faith? The marriage tells us that Hashem believed in the world and created it. Meaning to say, Hashem's creation of the world and the continual creation of the world is a constant message of I believe in you. Hashem believes in us, that's why he created us. The doctor again will be able to elaborate much more than me. But people with poor self-esteem Right? They struggle with feeling a sense of value, of being worthwhile, and feeling there's no point in my existence. Rabbi Olavsky has a sharp line that, that, that he says, if Hashem wanted you dead, there are no shortage of ways to remove you from this planet. There's no shortage. He could have done it in any way possible. Why are you still here? The fact that you exist is a sign that Hashem wants you here. I heard a fascinating thing about birthdays. Are birthdays a Jewish celebration or not? So, Rukhaim Knievsky said, the only birthday mentioned in all of Jewish literature is Paro's birthday. <laughs> um, so, but the, if you look at the Chassidish Farm, if you look at the Breslovers Farm, the Breslovers say that a birthday is a day of Semcha, because a birthday is the day that Hashem decided that the world cannot exist without you. Okay, so a yard site, a yard site when a person passes away. Okay, so I don't know. I mean, for wrestlers, everything is besimcha. Yeah. <laughs> but so, doesn't the soul come in right at conception rather than that Gomorrah talks about where there's an oh, argument yeah. with the Roman, whatever, emperor? Right, so. And that the soul actually is at conception, really, not when you're born. Okay, but the world itself does not. It, enjoy the benefit of your neshama until the until the neshama actually actually leaves the womb even if that even 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 if that that would be the case yeah so I, the, the, this could get us way off topic um, and uh, I'm not an expert in these matters so because m- making any comment about this could have massive implications for <laughs> abortion and child control and and uh, and and the family planning. So I'm going to stay clear out of that territory in the interest of my uh, survival. Um, the point is that the rest over here say that the world cannot exist without you. That's the simcha of a birthday. So the reason, one reason why Hashem decides to create the moment, to create the universe moment by moment to remind every person that inhabits the planet, I'm voting for you. I'm choosing to put you here because I want you here. You have something special to accomplish. It's not just that we say animamen, that we believe in Hashem. Hashem himself is the Kale emuna. Hashem is the God who believes. Not just we believe in him. He also believes. Believes in us. So if you look at the Moda'ani, we have a similar kind of statement. The Moda'ani ends off, Rabba emuna secha. Great is your emuna. Not Rabba Emunasi, great is my faith. Rabba Emunasecha, great is your belief. So, the simple understanding is Hashem is faithful to return our neshamas, but Svarim bring down that 
when a person wakes up in the morning, that's the time to try and reinforce in their mind this awareness. Rabba Munasecha, your belief is great in me. How do I know that? Because I woke up in the morning. And if I woke up in the morning, that means that Hashem has a plan for me and there's something special that I have to contribute. Ritzadik Akkoyin says the same kind of idea, except he takes it on a deeper level, not as much us recognizing that Hashem believes in us, but that we need to believe in ourselves as well. The same way a person needs to believe in Hashem. The implication of Hashem believing in us is us believing in ourselves. Why? Because Hashem did not create trash. Hashem created something special. Hashem created us to accomplish, to become great. Hashem created evil people. Are you sure about that? Or did Hashem create people who chose? He asked, he asked did, did Hashem... Didn't Hashem create evil people? So the question would be, did, did Hashem create them without free choice? Or Hashem mm-hmm. gave them a mission, they gave them a choice and they chose wrong, right? We have to believe that our neshama is coming from yeah, the... No, yeah. But that, uh, Hashem might gave people in tasks like to destroy the base and make tash, and things like okay, that. Okay, you have to know, did Hashem appoint them to do something wrong or Hashem the created should be destroyed and they volunteered to go and do it. Oh, okay. So this is a discussion of the Rabbi Mehilchus Tshuva talking about Paro. Why was Paro punished if the Jews were supposed to be enslaved? Long conversation about free will. So that, that's, a, that's a big discussion. Okay. Point number one. Hashem believes in us. That's the idea of constant creation. Second idea. <laughs> What is Yiddishkeit? What is Judaism? Someone would ask you, Judaism, like, what is it? What would you say? What is it? What is Judaism? The Rebbe said, well, an all-encompassing way of life. It's a way of life? All-encompassing. It's kind of like football? (laughs) Following the National Football League? I think that, I think... I think that the, 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 the official religion of the United States is not Christianity. It's for sure football. I think it's Pasha. Anyways, but what we believe is a Kodeshpur who created the whole world, everything in it. He controls the world. Uh, he can change it at his will. Uh, and so what am I doing when I'm doing these mitzvahs? When I'm doing mitzvahs. We have commandments, mitzvahs, that we're supposed to be doing uh, according to his will. Okay. So we're following, we're following Hashem's commandments, and the reason we follow Hashem's commandments is because we have a relationship with Hashem. If you would define what Yiddishkeit is, it's a relationship between us and Hashem. The mitzvahs are the, the actions of that, of, that, of that relationship. So if you think about the fundamental crucible of the Jewish people, you would say, Mitzrayim. That's where it all, that's where it all goes down. Everything is Zechel Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. But what's fascinating is, is that the Makers, which is the main focus of Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim, took about a year. Because I'll say Mishmat Mitzrayim Yudbeis Chaydesh, that the judgment of the Egyptians took place over a year. We then spent 40 years in the wilderness, in the desert. What is the message of being in the wilderness? The Ramban points out that Hashem is very capable of taking the Jewish people through inhabited places and not through a wilderness. Why do we have to go through the, through the wilderness? Rebbeinu B'chai explains 
It was intentional that Hashem brought us in a place with no water, no food, Amalek, hot weather, snakes and scorpions, and that was done by design. And again, the food that we got was only for one day. We did not have enough for the following day, except for Friday when we got for Shabbos. Rabbeinu Bechai explains, everything was a tremendous Nisayan. Why? Why did Hashem create us in the situation of being so dependent? That's the one word we would use, is dependent on Hashem. In, in order to set in the souls of the Jewish people the mida of trusting in Hashem. The mida of trust is a tremendous foundation, is a tremendous ikr, tremendous principle. So we usually think Judaism goes bottom up. We, there's Averis Hashem. The Jew serves Hashem. What Bittachon is, is my belief in Hashem, that Hashem is going to take care of me. Hear that? So this, is, this year is turning everything on its head. Why trust Hashem? Why does a person trust Hashem? I trust Hashem because He is taking care of me. So that's another angle. Why is Hashem creating the world moment by moment? This establishes that we have an unbreakable bond between us and Hashem. Hashem is constantly giving us our existence moment by moment. That's the ultimate relationship. If you, I remember being bothered that, again, not to be too incendiary, but practitioners of, of other religions sometimes pay a lot of lip service to the concept of love. Love, 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 love. And you sing all the songs about love. Music, love is so big. In Judaism, I'm putting on tefillin. I'm taking leather, leather boxes and straps and wrapping them around my arm. And I'm making sure that I'm eating this food. I'm not eating, I'm not eating that food. It feels kind of like, come on, can't we get a little more, you know, lovey-dovey. You know, where's, where's, the, um, where's the emotional component in our relationship with Hashem. But in relationships, if you think about it, the closer a relationship I have with another being, another person, the more obligations I have to express the relationship. So if I go, my relationship with the, with the person in the post office is not to be a jerk and to be considerate. I don't send him a happy birthday card, right? I don't call, to, I don't call him every day in the afternoon to ask how his day went. But if I'm dealing with my wife, I'm dealing with, with, with my husband, right? So I'm, my obligations to them increase the closer the relationship is. Who is the closest relationship that we have? It's Hashem, right? Of course, you know, our spouses are on our minds. We're thinking about them and so on and so forth. But Hashem is giving us our existence every single second. The reason why we have so many mitzvahs, and, and it sometimes feels overwhelming, is because Hashem is giving us existence every single second. You're existing, you're existing, you're existing, you're existing. Every single second is all coming from Hashem, giving that to us. The love coming from Hashem every moment, again, if we were cognizant of it truly, would be overwhelming. And we would run to do the mitzvahs. The Zarekadr says that if the Jewish people knew how much Hashem loved us, we would roar like lions and like run to do mitzvahs. But we don't feel it because the sensation of v'chadish b'tu v'choyim tamid is not as visible. So every moment that we have with Hashem, Hashem, Hashem gives, us, gives us life. There's no moment in the day that Archaim HaKadosh says that Hashem is not doing something for us. 
Hashem doesn't sleep. What do you mean? What's the point? Meaning, Hashem doesn't take off any time from thinking about me and caring about me and giving to me. Every single moment creates that, that connection. So we're going to keep it short. It's Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is coming. That's what we end up with a quick connection to Rosh Hashanah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I think it's significant to, just to point out that, that in, in Hebrew, of course, love is ahava, which means to give. Ah. That, that is the definition of Jewish right. to give. Okay, so yeah, for, for, the, for the studio audience, right, so Dr. Weissman is pointing out that the word ahava, love, is connected etymologically to the word ha, which is to give. And to bring it, bring that back to to c- comparing it to the love songs and so on and so forth, you can talk about love a lot, but if you're not expressing it in real life, it's not actually real. In Yiddishkeit, that's that's real. Anyone who's kept the halachas of Shabbos, Kashras, and Taras Mishpacha, you ask, you go around, go around to a guy, no matter how religious they are. Did you keep ten minutes of Taras Mishpacha? Did you keep Shabbos for a half hour? When you were driving on a trip, did you ever have a time when you just had to find pretzels because there was no food to eat? And that is real love if you're able to invest, if you're able to give, and so on. Yeah, the Korean Shema really says you should love Hashem with all your might, all your soul, all your might. Right. And the way, and the way that you do that is expressing it in action. Again, these are, I'm, I'm, I'm saying it, not that I am there. I am woefully far away, woefully far away. But that's the goal that we're striving to, is that all of the mitzvahs that we do are expressing it in real life. So Rosh Hashanah is coming. Rosh Hashanah is the Hayom Haras Olam. Today is the birthday of the world. We've talked about, talked about birthdays before. So the Nesiv Shalom points out that the judgment of Rosh Hashanah is not limited to human beings. Malachim get very scared. Why would a Malach be scared? A Malach doesn't have free choice. What is a Malach getting nervous about? And all of creation, the liturgy points out, everything is being judged. So how does Hashem judge them? What would judgment mean? It can't be a judgment of you are, you are worthy or you are not worthy because of your actions. So the Siva Shalom explains, again, tying this all in together, is that Rosh Hashanah is the day that Hashem decided the world should exist, like the wrestler was saying about a human being's birthday. Rosh Hashanah is the world's birthday. It's the time that Hashem decided the world should exist. And if that's true, every year Hashem looks at the world as a whole and he says, well, let's look at it. Let's look at the different components that exist in the world and let's see, are they still necessary in order to bring the world to its tikkun, to the world, to its perfection? So why does Hashem believe in me? All Going back all these things. Why is Hashem investing in me moment by moment? Why is he having this constant relationship with me? Because he believes I am a, a crucial piece of the puzzle that's going to bring its world to its ticket. He believes in me because he knows I can do something special. I can partner with Hashem in bringing the world to its ticket. And that is the most empower, empowering thing of all. But also, the, yeah. could the, the Gezerah Ra'a could be against us also sometimes. And that's why Tshuva Tzedakah and Tefillah cancel it. Right, so what is the purpose of the Gzera, what's the purpose of, of the person existing with the Gzera Ra? The Gzera Ra, again, is ultimately going to be for a person's good. The Gzera Ra is, because, is, not, be, is not because Hashem is vindictive. 
Is that because Hashem can't control his feelings and therefore I'm going to lash out at you like we feel like lashing out at people who do, who, who, who do poorly to us? Everything is coming from Hashem's place of goodness. We dive in Hashem. We want that our perfection should, should come through more pleasant ways. But again, we, the, the, the core principle of existence, the fact that we exist moment by moment is coming from Hashem's place of love. So the tefillah that just end off, that Hashem should help us believe in the reality of this ever-fresh connection with Hashem. And in that tzchus, we should merit that Hashem should continue voting for us. We should be part of that team. We should be able to say, Hashem, you know what? I'm part of your team. I'm part of this amazing team that's going to bring the world, the world to its tikkun. And we ask Hashem, Hashem, please be bore. Be bore me moment by moment for atzlacha. Be bore my family moment by moment for atzlacha. Be bore our community moment by moment for atzlacha. Samir Tashem, we should all merit another Shana Taiva Masuka and Exiva Chsima Taiva. Okay. Thank you. Any questions, feel free to pop in.